Hey folks, my name is Jason Spies and I travel across these great states talking to small business owners, CEOs, policymakers, musicians and mentors about making money, giving back and balancing life. I find out how they prioritize professional and personal time while still making money. Yes indeed, our guests are real heavyweights in understanding business and life. So get ready to relax, learn a little bit, and get a cup of coffee ready because my name is Jason Spies and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio. Sitting on a million, sitting on it every day. Can't make no money giving your stuff away. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. Welcome to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Coffee and Capitalism brings you exclusive interviews and distinct content from leaders who drive our economy. From CEOs to small business owners to mentors, Coffee and Capitalism is a leader in innovation, ideas, and inspiration. Coffee and Capitalism is about making money and giving back, learning the fine art of balance and work and family life, all while prioritizing your time. Here on Coffee and Capitalism, we learn how to live life and make money by talking to some of those people who make the world go round and make their families operate as well. On today's episode of Coffee and Capitalism Radio, we've got a fantastic program in store for you folks. We're going to talk with William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. They're building the first Greenfield Refinery in the United States in over 50 years, about 50 years, and it's going to be in Belfield, North Dakota, and it had to go through quite a bit, a rigorous legal process in order to get some air permits, some water permits, etc. We have the CEO on talking about uh, achieving those permits and uh, what the next steps are for this historic First Greenfield Refinery built in the United States in about 50 years happened in Belfield, North Dakota. The CEO, Meridian Energy Group, William Prentice, joins us after a bit. Then Matt Boucher with Clockspring, CEO of Clockspring. He joins us to talk a little bit about uh, their growth and just kind of how they got to where they are. Very good interview. We're going to get just in a little bit here with Matt Boucher, CEO of Clockspring. Close the show out with David Allen with Elite Energy Services. Great story about a uh, family that uh, was able to start a business when uh, the economy kind of took a dip. They um, were able to stretch some resources and a great idea. Came up with Elite Energy Services and now they are doing gangbusters out there in the oil field. All right, plus the music of Moody River Band today. My name is Jason Spies. This is Coffee and Capitalism Radio. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool, joining the conversation right here on the Crude Life Media Network. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Copy and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Speech, and I'm your host today. Up next, Matt Boucher, CEO, Clockspring. Matt Boucher, President and CEO, Clockspring Company. Outstanding. Thank you very much for joining us here today. Crude Life Media Network, we're going to talk a little innovation, infrastructure, that sort of thing. But um, Clock Spring, that's the name. Huh? Talk to me a little bit about what your company does. Well, Clockspring makes a, a variety of products, uh, all designed around uh, repairing and rehabilitating critical, critical infrastructure, including uh, you know, transmission pipelines, gathering lines, uh, refineries, petrochemical plants, etc. Um, our products tend to be very highly innovative, highly engineered, and you know, designed to solve uh, mission critical problems in ways that are you know cost effective and uh, you know help with environmental and asset sustainability. What would be like an example of something like that? You know, maybe something you've done in the past where you know you guys have had to become either customized or specialized for for one of those projects. Clockspring was the first company ever to to uh, design, uh, certify, manufacture, sell, install a uh, composite repair sleeve for uh, the the reinforcement of transmission pipelines that have lost some of their integrity due to either corrosion or you know some kind of mechanical interference, like for example a, uh, a backhoe hitting a transmission pipeline or something like that. Okay. Uh, the Bakken is uh, at capacity. They're looking at adding a significant amount of pipeline here in the next two, three years. Permian, same thing. Um, are, are you guys, is, is that the type of pipeline that you guys would get into, or are we talking about maybe something else? No, absolutely. We work on those pipelines all the time, and we, we consider those, broadly speaking, you know, uh, gathering lines, or, or in some cases we call them midstream lines, right? They're not part of the sort of the big transmission system, but they feed into it. And, you know, we work on those pipelines all the time, whether they're, they're older pipelines coming from, you know, older areas and they need to be kept in service, or they're new lines and, you know, something happened during the construction phase of those where, you know, some kind of damage was created, where, we're working with, with, you know, companies to make sure that those pipes are going to be safe to transport, you know, whatever it is they're transporting. In this case, you're talking primarily about crude, but, um, yeah, that's what we do. So anything from the composite to, I don't know if you guys get into sensors or have to uh, work with people with sensors, but talk to me a little bit about innovation within your industry. What have you seen change in the last 10, 15 years? Well, you know, what we've seen change a lot, and by the way, um, we make uh, valve products that can be installed, you know, online while it's in operation. So if somebody needs to, you know, put in a diversion or a bypass or, you know, just wants a place where they might want to switch it from point A to point B, um, we make valves that are capable of doing that and can be installed while the system's under pressure. Um, we, uh, we are now making flange gaskets that, uh, you know, are type certified to be fugitive emission free. And, you know, we're not just talking about papers. We're also talking about, you know, liquid coming out of a, a flange location. Um, and, you know, every, every drop counts, so to speak. Um, you know, mostly what we've seen over, you know, the last 10 years is the need 
to, you know, continue to operate assets um, that are either um, beyond their their use, beyond their original design life, or uh, approaching their original design life. And you know, we work with customers to to keep those assets in service, and we do that through our composite products, through our valve products, through our gasket products. To listen to the full-length interview with Matt Boucher, the CEO of Clockspring, or to check out other coffee and capitalism features, go to thecrudelife.com, our parent company, thecrudelife.com, and you'll be able to check out all of our features, our interviews, plus see our social media network. 350,000 followers we have through the Crude Life Media Network, and we invite each and every one of you to share, like, Follow, do all those social media things, crudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. (laughs) This is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, William Prentice, the CEO of the Meridian Energy Group. This is Bill Prentice at Meridian Energy Group. And the last time that we spoke, uh, Meridian had been given the permit to construct for the Davis refinery. And um, how has the site preparation and progress been coming along since then? Well, we had a couple of things to do with the county before we could actually start work in the field. But we got that done by, well, about the first week of July and uh, started work on site preparation and grading and getting some drainage installed. And that's been going along pretty nicely. Uh, Up until a couple weeks ago, we had some weather. Uh, Given the recent weather, I think we're going to start looking at buttoning up the site for winter and pick it up again, uh, you know, April, May. Although uh, I understand this year they started construction activities out in that area as early as February. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but um, in the site work, it's it's going great. Uh, we're continuing design and procurement efforts, so uh, actually this coming summer, you're going to be able to see the refinery taking shape on the ground. So things are moving along as, as it looks. Um, of course, the big news this week, the uh, Public Service Commission dropped a complaint, and I saw, um, I think it was your guys' um, attorney or legal representation that used the word new normal when it comes to uh, the new norm, you know, and it seems like any energy project, whether it's a refinery to a pipeline, seems to be challenged a lot and 
some complaints are coming in. Um, was now did, did did I get my facts right that there was the complaint was dismissed or are there any lingering ones around or? Well, the um, that we we saw two of the currently four litigation uh, um, items were. Uh, with regard to Davis uh, dismissed over the last couple of weeks, there was a complaint in the state court uh, saying that our conditional use permit from Billings County was not valid. Uh, that was dismissed recently. And then as you, as you referred to earlier this week, the Public Service Commission issued an order uh, on Wednesday uh, dismissing a motion that they assert jurisdiction over the project and uh, and require us to obtain an additional permit. And that was, uh, again, that went away. Uh, we have two additional items uh, right now that are out there. There's been an appeal to our air quality permit, and that's in process right now, uh, and an ongoing uh, action on the water authorization permit. So, you know, these things are ongoing. Uh, what you said earlier about uh, somebody at our firm having said this is the new normal. Uh, yeah, we we acknowledge that. Uh, it's just simply a, a fact of life these days that you get all your permits and you start your litigation phase. And typically that's going to be for quite a while. So we're just facing up to that. Yeah, I thought that new normal was an interesting term because I have noticed, like I said, you know, anything from a, it seems like a pipeline to, you know, all the way up to a refinery seems like there's some challenging. But the way I look at that is that um, it seems like, you know, that's the new norm. But when what happens in the end when complaints get dismissed and projects move ahead, it almost seems like it's a validation process that, um, you know, in your case, you guys were right with some of your uh, clean technology, some of your innovation that you know you've you've brought in working with your partners, that sort of thing. Have you guys talked about that at all? About you know either from a local level as far as some of the people that are getting validation that a lot of what you guys talked about is really coming to fruition in terms of you guys were kind of saying this all along, even though the complaints came in, they've been dismissed and. It kind of validates what you guys are saying. Is that kind of crossed your mind at all? Well, it's it just makes you feel a lot more secure in the way that that we approach these projects. And uh, you know, the fact that it's a new normal means that at every stage during the process, you you simply have to assume that whatever you're doing is going to end up being discussed in a court of law someday, and you conduct yourself differently and it increases the price of everything it increases the schedule of every project but it does make you much more careful uh, case in point our air quality permit uh, which we received uh, back in june uh, was immediately appealed and you know that took us uh, about well 20 months to get that permit from the first filing um, an enormous amount of effort went into the engineering that backs up everything that we've said during that process. Uh, the health department spent a tremendous amount of, of money, man hours, investigating everything that we decided that we could achieve to make sure that it was validated. 
And then on top of that, you know, we have a lot of legal man hours uh, to ensure that everything was done correctly, not only just in compliance with the regulations themselves, but uh, the entire process was had to be done perfectly. Uh, little things like the fact that we went out for public comments, of course, under the Health Department Rules and Regulations. We received almost 11,000 comments during that public comment period. Every single one of them had to be evaluated and responded to. Uh, that was enormously expensive. So again, you know, just knowing that you're going to be in that glare of, of litigation makes you have to spend that kind of money and, and put forth that kind of effort. But then at the end of the day, Jason, you know, having done that, you sit back and it's kind of, okay, bring it on time, and you know you're going to see it. Uh, you just you, you get to the point where you can't wait for it to happen because you want to show what a good job you did. I still think you guys have the patience of Job, I mean, in, in order to kind of wait some of these things out. You know, you mentioned the air quality permit. And one of the first things that comes to my mind is I thought this was settled, you know, 12, 14, 18 months ago when you guys were awarded this permit. And the reason I say that is the air quality permit, even I'll even go as far as to say the water permit. Doesn't this a lot, a lot of this have to do with just science and the fact that, you know, when you guys implement it, the science and the theories are going to hold. Um, I know there's, there's certain emotional strings that can be pulled at times, but it just seemed like, it, to me, it seems like, like the air quality and, like I said, even the, the water really comes down to a lot of science. Am I out of line for, for thinking like that? Well, there, there are two general areas of permitting. There's the, uh, the environmental-type permits, like the air quality permit and the water permit. Then there are the use permits, the siting kinds of things, like the Public Service Commission uh, would have uh, imposed upon us. Uh, you know, the whole siting thing was settled back in July of, uh, of 2016 when Billings County gave us our conditional use permit. And that, again, is an entirely different set of concerns where the county simply takes a look at everything we're, we're going to do. And we provided them with a, a California-style environmental impact statement showing every aspect of the project and what it was going to do to and for the surrounding area. And they have, a, they have the right to decide whether or not they want a refinery in Billings County. And so we went through that with the county and, and got the, the conditional use permit. So it was not until after that was done that we even filed for our air quality permits. Because you have to know where the project's going to be to get that permit done. So we did that in October of 2016. And it took us 20 months to go through that process. That That's an example of an environmental uh, type of permit where there are certain emissions uh, limitations that you have to come in under and that's pure science that's pure engineering but it gets very very granular i mean you we have to show them every single type of equipment we're going to use every single uh, piece of equipment has to be sized to the extent you can short of detailed design and yeah that's that's a pure engineering permit and the department of health takes a look at every single piece of that 
they make us provide backup for everything that they, that we say we're going to do. And every aspect of that that constitutes a piece of control technology, like uh, the way you limit NOx uh, emissions from a heater, for instance, uh, has to do with the design of the burners. And we have to show them exactly what we're going to do in each case. Mr. William Prentice, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to pause for just a brief minute or two, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with William Prentice, the CEO of the Meridian Energy Group. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media. Music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm smoking, I'm joking with the people that I know. I'm thinking, I'm drinking, I'm Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, William Prentice. We continue the conversation. He's the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. They're building the Davis Refinery, the first greenfield refinery built in the United States in the last 50 years. And this is the CEO, William Prentice, with the Meridian Energy Group. So, yeah, it's, it's very scientific, but, you know, within, within the kinds of things that engineers do, you have a lot of room in there where you have to make sure that the right assumptions were made and that the right kind of calculations were conducted. Uh, then there's that whole area of air quality monitoring that the health department requires. And that's an enormously complicated uh, um, engineering task. And one would say it's almost an art form. So we had to go out and find the firm in the United States that's a, a nationally recognized expert in doing this in order to make sure that, that this was done properly and that the health department would appreciate what we'd, we'd accomplished there. So yeah, even though it's it's pretty cut and dried from a, a logical point of view, that doesn't mean it's any more any less complicated to get it done right. And yeah, we, we went through a lot, both on the more subjective side for the siting permit and on the pure engineering side. It's been a very intense couple of years getting these permits done. Well, like I said, I think you guys have uh, gotten the award of the patience of Job to uh, get a b- biblical reference there for you. But uh, I was, I- I'm a little bit, I guess I, I was a little bit surprised um, because, you know, you guys had quite a review process from the Department of Health. And I've interviewed Terry O'Claire and he 
went into a dissertation, including, you know, the EPA getting involved for, you know, vetting your guys' technology and companies and, and, and the whole methodology of what you guys were bringing into this. And so I commend you guys for, for being as patient as you are and uh, stick, sticking with this particular project, which is going to add a ton of jobs and economic stimulus out to not only Billings County, but the surrounding areas, even, you know, from Beach to Dickinson is really going to benefit. Watford City, to a certain degree, uh, might even get some some uh, employees and uh, some of the ancillary businesses that kind of go along with this sort of refinery. Um, now, are, are you yeah, guys... I, oh, go I, ahead. Go I ahead. just have to comment on that, Jason, yeah. a minute. You, you talked to Terry O'Claire, so... I just have to mention that when I would be telling people about our project in North Dakota, uh, they would kind of say something to the effect, well, at least you're not doing this in California where they were going to be really tough on you. And I would think, God, I wish I could take him to meet Terry and his guys because they were very tough on us. And I think uh, I think they put other regulatory agencies around the country, including EPA and, and the Air Resources Board in California to shame with the kind of requirements they impose. I, I would agree. Uh, they, I mean, yeah. go ahead. Well, they're, they're just really, really have a lot of expertise in this area and very, very thorough and comprehensive. So, yeah, we didn't get away with anything uh, simply because we were in North Dakota. Well, I've said this before that... Um, I've been working with the health department for over 20 years on, on different stories and different projects and that sort of thing. And I can't recall a project that was um, vetted as closely and as much as your guys's project was. And, and, and that's, and I, I mean that, I mean, I was, I was really shocked at it, but again, I go back to at the end of the day, that really does validate a lot of what you guys said out of the gate, a lot of what you guys projected and what you promised uh, the state. Uh, did anything really have to change along the way to a point to where it might affect any of the output or any of the emissions or anything like that? Or is, is everything pretty much still on, on track when it comes to um, that sort of things, adjustments, outputs, emissions, that, that realm, I guess? Well, you know, when you... When you have a, a set of complicated in, environmental requirements that have to be met through design in a project that's complex, um, you, you go into the design effort on the front end with, you know, a blank sheet of paper and, you know, taking a look at what the industry has done has not been very helpful because the refining industry in this country has not kept up with the technology. Uh, this industry has a reputation of being dirty, and they've earned it. Uh, we found a lot of areas where you could do a lot better. And as a result, when we introduced that kind of design into this process, we had to prove that this was the right thing to do in many cases. Uh, for you know, one small example, uh, Bakken crude oil doesn't have a lot of sulfur in it. If you use traditional uh, sulfur-removing technology, uh, it, it's kind of funny because it would perform better if you just dump sulfur into the crude oil on the front end to make it higher. Uh, 
we had to use, we went to a, a very advanced technology, proprietary technology for uh, sulfur removal on this Bakken crude at, at Davis. And it took us a while to be able to demonstrate to the air quality division that this was the right way to handle it. Uh, so they were, you know, the, the comprehensive nature of this review, the thorough nature of it, had a great deal of impact on our design uh, throughout the process. <laughs> now that you're kind of getting in the home stretch a little bit here, you know, there's a few people that probably still are, are doubters, if you will, that are kind of holding on to maybe a complaint or two, that sort of thing. Um, you know, we've kind of looked at the energy industry as, you know, dirty industry. And I've always said, you know, this people often associate like Pittsburgh being dirty of the old steel days. And then I remember going to Pittsburgh and thinking, God, this is a gorgeous, clean city. Um, yeah. With that kind of analogy a little bit, do you think that there's kind of that old mindset with a lot of these different people that, you know, refineries and the energy industry is, is dirty and they don't necessarily understand that there's been some pretty advanced technologies to where a lot of times the smoke they see is nothing more than water, is nothing more than moisture that comes out um, and that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean by that, to where that perception thing, do you think it's changed at all? Do you still think there's a little bit of that dirty thought? Well, I, I think that by, by and large, uh, people in our country think of refineries as being dirty places. And, uh, you know, that's from from their experience. Uh, and your average refinery in this country, the plant and equipment is probably 40, 50 years old. So in some of the, even in California, which is known as being a state that's uh, very hard on polluters, uh, there are refineries here that were originally built in the turn of the previous century, in the early 1900s. And it just, you know, it's uh, it's all it's all big iron, and it's hard to change it and update it. Um, you know, you have advances in catalysts that, that will be much more efficient in turning hydrocarbons into fuel. Uh, it's inefficiency that really gives rise to pollution. And you can't really go out and turn 300 tons of metal into a new thing that you can pack with a different kind of catalyst. So a lot of this old technology out there is there for keeps. Uh, we don't have that disadvantage. We don't have legacy facilities or technology that we have to stick to. We can adopt the new stuff with a blank sheet of paper. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't like uh, being critical of the guys that operate these older refineries. You know, a lot of them do a very difficult job very well. And, uh, you know, my hat is off to them. But, you know, we decided to do it differently and start with a open piece of ground and a blank sheet of paper and take advantage of all the latest technology. And as a result, we can commit to having emissions that on a, you know, compare it to the industry average on a per barrel capacity basis. We're probably at one-eighth of the industry average in terms of pollution. To listen to the full-length interview with William Prentice, the CEO of the Meridian Energy Group, or to listen to other coffee and capitalism features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. 
Copying Capitalism Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. Take a look at our different social media pages. Feel free to follow them, share them, like them, do all that crazy stuff. Uh, we have 350,000 energy enthusiasts, Copying Capitalism followers. Appreciate each and every one of you. My name is Jason Spies. This is Copying Capitalism Radio heard on the Crude Life Media Network. You got your mind blown Mind blown, your mind blown I'll show you something that's never been shown Your mind blown, your mind blown And that's all you need to know Music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Speece. No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. Welcome back to Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, David Allen with Elite Energy Services. Well, what we did is we, uh, you know, we were doing, uh, you know, just a few little odd things once in a while with the uh, oil companies, and we were just about to the point where we were ready to close shop and, and head back home to Idaho and kind of get back into what we were doing before, and. Uh, we as a family kind of got together and said, you know, there's really got to be a way that we can survive this and, you know, come up with a way that's going to have a significant impact uh, on the industry. And so we spent probably a couple of weeks just throwing different ideas, you know, to see what was there, coming up with different thoughts about what we could and couldn't do. And one day we just said, you know, our our expertise for the most part was heater treaters because we were so involved with uh, – fire tube changes and preventative maintenance programs and, uh, you know, everything associated with the, with the fire tube like most roundabout crews were. And uh, so one of the things that we came up with or started thinking about is there had to be a way to uh, determine how bad these tubes were rather than just allowing them to fail and leak salt water and oil all over the ground or in the worst case scenario just catch on fire. I mean, you used to see lots of stories about heater treaters burning up, or we'd even been on a couple locations where we had to, to help replace those. And during our preventative maintenance program days for the different oil companies, we would actually pull these tubes out 
and bang on them with a hammer and scrape them off with a screwdriver or wire brush to try to find out how bad the corrosion was and whoever the guy was that was senior on the job made a determination said okay it looks good either we put it back or we change it and so to us that was didn't seem like the most practical way of doing it that there had to be a more objective way of of trying to determine how bad the corrosion was with all the technology that's out there in the world there had to be something that we could do and so we started investigating it to try to decide if there was anything that existed, and there wasn't. We looked at x-ray, and x-ray had to pull out the tube. Uh, ultrasound, you know, covers such a small area, and you almost have to hit the area that's got the most corrosion to even give you much of a of indication of how bad the, the corrosion were, was. And so we uh, started working with a couple of different outfits all over the world. I spent probably six months calling different places from... UK to Germany to anywhere I could think of to try to come up with to see if there was something that was there that we could use and there wasn't and so we finally spent after that a couple of years and developed a uh, what's called an MFL system which uses a couple of very large magnets that go inside the fire tube and there's some very sensitive uh, uh, sensors inside that scanner head that can determine how much uh, resistance there is. So if there is a lot of resistance to the magnets, then the system says, okay, that you don't have any corrosion there. And if there's not much resistance at all, then you've got some corrosion. And so we started working uh, diligently. And like I said, after a couple of years, developed a few prototypes that actually work. And uh, so that's, that's where we're at right now. And and the other part of that story that's really interesting is is uh, we didn't have any you know company sponsorship. We didn't really we weren't even sure if it was going to work. So we kept everything pretty quiet just to see because we didn't we didn't want to build up this big grand you know thought and come to find out it wasn't going to work anyway. So uh, we didn't we didn't go out to market it to try to find investors or anything else like that. We just did it as a family knew that it would have a pretty significant impact if we could make it work. To listen to the full-length interview with David Allen, Elite Energy Services, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Check out our media page, our social media page at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. 350,000 followers we have. Check out our different pages. Like, share, do all that crazy stuff that social media asks you to do. We'd appreciate that very much. That's thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media page. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network.
Giving your stuff away, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market, you can make a million too. Minnie's a crooked woman, diamonds on every hand, tricking mother for you everywhere she lands, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do Put your stuff on the market Or you can make a million too Jump over the candlestick. Why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million too. And that concludes this week's episode of Coffee and Capitalism Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. For a full list of today's guest and interview, visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. We'll be back next week on this radio station at this time. For a full list of our radio affiliates and other media partners, please visit our website, thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. My name is Jason Spies, and from the staff here at Coffee and Capitalism Radio, we're asking you to be happy, make money, and give back. Thanks for joining us this week, folks. Sign on on front porch saying, hot stuff will say, why don't you do now? Like the millionaires do. Put your stuff on the market. You can make a million Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 
Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise.